Hello, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with our music for today. I just want to praise you. Written by Robert Fryson, and this is from the Alfred Street Baptist Church. So here it comes right now. Thank us again for being here. Appreciate you being here. Good morning. Nate and Marnell, good morning. Thank you for being here today. you thank you much appreciated morning brother Roscoe Wonderful morning. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Mr. Gaines, good morning. Hope there's not much jet lag. Got to turn that down. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Huh? Oh, that's okay. 
<laughs> it's like stereo. Amen. 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 That was uh, Just Want to Praise You, written by Robert Fryson. Uh, Fryson, excuse me, and that was the Alfred Street Baptist Church. Their rendition of that song, a beautiful version. I love that version. Um, that's why I keep it handy. Play anytime I want to hear it. Um, happy Father's Day to everyone uh, in the audience who is a father. We appreciate you being here um, for today's version of Sunday School. We have, uh, we're going to be continuing in our study uh, that we left off with last week in the Book of John. Um, chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. Let's do some announcements first before we get into that. First of all, um, Pastor Gus uh, is going to be bringing the message today uh, in church, and he also has a message available online uh, here for those of you who are not going to be going to church in Akron. You'll be able to see his message online right in this timeline immediately following Sunday school. Uh, It's a message, um, Fathers Are Created by God, Uh, It's a great message. I appreciate you staying tuned for that and getting the complete church experience, hearing a Sunday school and then a message. Amen. If you're not in church, we appreciate you doing that. And, of course, if you're coming to Akron, you'll be hearing him speak today as well, too, with the same message. And um, we appreciate everyone's prayers for Pastor Gus as well, too. Just keep lifting him up in prayer. Um, Lift him up for strength. Uh, He uh, took a little bit of time off. Uh, to kind of rest a little bit, and so just keep them in prayer in that regard, please. Um, Please remember your tithes and offerings. For those of you who are uh, not coming to church, we can give you the mailing address for that if you are uh, prayerfully considering considering how much you'd like to give uh, for that matter of worship. The mailing address is Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. For those of you attending church, we have a drop box in the lobby area where uh, tithes and offerings are accepted. We do not pass around a collection plate at this time. Not sure if we're going to do that for the foreseeable future. I think we're going to kind of leave things the way they are. It's kind of worked out just fine the way doing the way we're doing it. So please keep that in mind and give prayerful consideration as far as what you would like to give. Amen. Well, it's Father's Day, and interestingly enough, we, it's been a really busy week. Um, my, my lovely bride and I, we were involved with uh, two funerals this past week, and one was on Wednesday afternoon for a friend of hers who lost her son, and so we went to that, and we did that. That was in Lorraine, Ohio, and then Thursday we had uh, the funeral for my uncle Winford, and he... Um, he uh, passed away peacefully last week. Uh, he was in hospice. And the the great, a lot of family came together for this. In fact, we spent time together the, yesterday, the day before, and the day after for the repass on, on uh, Thursday. And it was great for family to get together. We don't necessarily cheer about family getting together for a funeral, but it, I think the edge was taken off a lot because we know that my Uncle Winford knew the Lord. 
if if you know that the person who's leaving here knows the Lord, you're going to feel a lot more comfort and satisfaction about that because we believe in faith about what God has said and what He is doing in our lives. And we were, and I wound up doing the eulogy for that funeral too. By the way, that was like a last-minute decision. <laughs> so, um, but um, uh, we had to get to, we had to take a nap finally. I think uh, after all of that was over with, it was pretty pretty a lot, pretty busy, a lot of uh, activity. But all is well, and we know that uncle, my uncle Winford is with the Lord, and he is uh, there right now, and uh, we look forward to the time when we'll be able to see him again uh, in paradise. That's what we're looking forward to. But it's great to get together with family. We have um, a wonderful family who's very supportive of each other, very encouraging of each other, and I know that a lot of... Um, a lot of wishes for Father's Day. In fact, we're going uh, all over the place with text messages this morning uh, about that. We, uh, I've become, I've come to appreciate family more and more um, as time has gone on. I wasn't a big family guy when I was growing up. I guess I um, just didn't uh, really didn't know or understand what I was, what it was all about. But now that I do, I do appreciate it very much and. I would just say to you, to your family members, make sure that you extend your wishes to those in your family that you know and love. And I also say that because don't waste your time, everybody. You're here to live and enjoy each other, enjoy family. Don't waste your time. Uh, Take the time to make sure that you let people know how you feel about them and how much you care about them. That's what's really important here, I think, if you want to give the takeaway for something like this, too, because... Um, I know Winford knew that he was loved and appreciated by family members as well, too, and did his best to communicate at the end uh, what he understood as well. But make sure that you're taking the time to let people know how you feel about them, and don't waste your time. Amen? Okay. Let's go ahead and get into Sunday School. This is a a lesson that we're continuing uh, in John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. We're going to go ahead and read the passage all over again because I think it's good to read the entire passage, but we're going to kind of pick up somewhere, somewhat where we left off last time and get into the latter part of the passage as well and discuss some things that are very, very relevant for us today. There's so much in this passage that has absolute relevance for today, absolute relevance for today, especially when you look at the world we're living in and all of the conflict that's taking place, even conflict within our own churches. So I think it's important for us to look at this and see exactly what Jesus' take on it and what he, we, what he wants us to understand about this time, about people not believing. And, and that's where we're going to be at here with this message today and about how he is reasserting himself as the light, uh, the light before all of us. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us once again to sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for those who have attended here locally in church, who are here live in this room with us, and we thank you for those online who have taken the time to recognize the importance of being in the Word before you. We pray, Lord, that you'll just bless this time. Bless all those who can hear what's being said. And Lord, the words are not going to be my words, but yours. And we want you to convey truth 
through this whole process. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your presence. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 12. We're going to go back over verses 37 through 50. We're going to read through the passage once again. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. We're going to look at it and then kind of dive back in and look at how the passage refers to truth for sure. And part of that truth is that there are going to be some people who are going to uh, deny Christ. And there are going to be some people who are going to, uh, of course, come to Christ. Not people, people won't believe. But we want to understand that as we've been saying over and over again, and it's important for us to keep repeating this, God knows the heart of every person. He knows the heart of every individual and He knows exactly where they are coming from and where they're going to stand when it comes to their relationship with Jesus. Let's start reading. Verse 37, John chapter 12. Please follow along in your version. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in Him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted Lord, who has believed our message, to whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Verse 39, But the people couldn't believe, for as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so that their eyes cannot see, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this, because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Verse 42, many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Jesus shouted to the crowds, if you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. Verse 45, for when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Verse 47, I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who, has sent, who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Okay, that's John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. And again, I'm not going to pick up and cover the entire passage again. This is a continuation from last week. So for those of you who are online, if you would like to get the first part of it, just go back to our previous podcast on part one. Uh, but we're going to do part two now today and pick up. And I think that we're, the good place to pick up is starting with verse 42, uh, where we had mentioned very briefly, I believe, that many of the people did not did believe in Jesus. <clears throat> there were many that didn't, of course, a number that had not, but many did believe including some of the Jewish leaders. And of course, uh, the, the, the key here is that, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. And that was a real concern back then. Of course, there was a lot of peer pressure taking place when we look at how the 
there was the whole church was structured, especially when the Pharisees were considered to be the ones in control. They were considered to be the ones in power. They were the ones with influence. They had, uh, they were the ones with money. They pretty much did what they wanted to do in that time, and many of the people were fearful. Um, the parents of the the man who was healed from birth from being born blind, they were afraid of being uh, thrown out of the synagogue as well too. So they didn't want to speak up and get into trouble with the Pharisees because they knew the Pharisees really had opposed Jesus from the very beginning. They did not like the fact that he was on uh, at the forefront. They did not like the fact that he was challenging uh, them as far as what they believed and what they were doing. But... We have to understand how important it is for us to take a stand for Jesus. And here's a, here's a real honest question for everyone in this room and in everybody online who's listening. And how much are you willing to stand for Jesus in spite of opposition or threats or people trying to you know, push you out? Of society, how much are you willing to put up with? How much are you willing to do before you say, "I don't want to do this anymore"? And I, I'm prayerful that you would never ever resist or never deny Jesus. There's a very, very important thing to keep in mind here when we look at our faith. Sometimes we're going to be challenged in our faith, challenged as to what we believe. And I want to encourage you at the same time as I say this because it's very encouraging to see a lot of younger people who are taking a stand for Christ when it comes to all of the messages taking place today in the world. Uh, I saw a video um, that was being presented at a school board last night and it was a, a young pastor and they held up behind him a flag. Uh, it was a rainbow flag, but not, but the official rainbow flag, not the pride flag. And in the middle of the flag, it said Jesus Pride. <laughs> and they're taking a stand for, for Jesus publicly before other people, and we need to and we need to do that. You know, you have to understand that Satan has used a lot of tools to try to take away from what God has done, and use those tools to further anything that is, you know, anti-God, anti-Christ. Okay? And there does come a point where even a church, churches have to take that same stand too. And, but let me go back to what I was saying here, not to belabor the point too much, but it's encouraging to see young people who are not necessarily affiliated with a church also take a stand for Christ. Or they don't, we don't know their affiliation but they believe in Jesus. And they're doing so boldly. And they're doing so as an encounter and as an answer. And as a result, we're seeing some pushback. Which is very good. Because we need to understand the very nature of pride. Pride is the opposite of humility. And if we look at what God's Word says about pride... Um, those who lack humility are the ones who are prideful. And so we're taking that word and we're turning it and we're using it in the word that it really means what it is. And it means 
you can do whatever you want. You can live whatever way you want to. You can behave in any such way you want. And it's okay. But we know that that is not what God would have any of us to do. And that's not what God would have any person to do. And so we need to recognize that what he is telling us here is that we need to make sure that we're taking a stand. There were only a couple of people back at that time that uh, resisted being labeled or kept in, the, in their place. And that's going to be uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They were the ones that we found were true believers. We know that Nicodemus had had that conversation with Jesus earlier about you know making sure that he understood what it was to be born again and what that meant. See, a lot of people will say that they believe in God, but they're not born again. Born again is the key on how you can resist this fire that comes up up against us. Of course, we put on the full armor of God, amen, because we just need to take a stand. And we need to understand that we are not to shrink. We are not to shrink back. That's what we're referring to here in verse 42. A lot of people did shrink back. They were fearful that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. But we don't shrink back. We have to confess Christ. If we want to experience His saving grace, we have to confess Christ. Let's see a reminder of that. Romans chapter 10, please. Romans chapter 10. Many of you already might be familiar with this, but for the sake of this exercise, we need to go back over verses that are going to be very, very important to express this claim that of Christ, claim for Christ. Romans chapter 10, yeah, I was just going to get the first verse here. Let's start here. Verse 8. Verse 8, we're going to go down through 9 and go through... We'll just go through the end here. Verse 8 through 13. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And you'll notice even too that as we read through this passage, we're going to see references to uh, previous passages as well too in the Old Testament. Um, For example, back in Isaiah chapter uh, 8, Uh, verse 14 and the the like. But let's continue. Verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Then verse 10. Why do we emphasize verse 10? One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. And understand something, if you deny Jesus... He's kind of pretty much told us in his word that he is going to deny you. And let's just be very clear about this. 
believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, true believers are going to stand with Christ. They're going to stand with Him. Those who play act, those who pretend, those who say that they follow Jesus but they really aren't following Him, they're going to shrink back. They're not going to be visible. You're not going to find these people. You know how it is when you have friends out there that are really tough. When times get really difficult, um, it's, um, they shrink back. You don't see them anymore. So keep in mind, too, I was just noting we're having connection issues as well. So uh, hang in there, everybody, just in case. We're still online, still going. But just keep in mind here, too, that we have, it's a very important thing for us to remember that we can shrink back because we just truly don't believe that Jesus is who he is. And we're not really trusting in who he is. So we don't want to get caught up in that. To reject Jesus was nothing less to Israel than to reject God himself and his word. In other words, it's not a good thing too, even if these people were shrinking back. It's just as bad as being a, as a, a denier of Christ. So please consider this as you go, all right? Uh, for those of you who are online and watching the broadcast, I don't know why we're having intermittent connection issues. It's one of those things that the Wi-Fi looks like is really good, everything's strong, so we're just going to keep moving and just keep going with it. I don't know if it's because I'm talking too much about Jesus or not. Who knows, but amen. Okay, that's fine. So for what it's worth, let's continue and go back verse 43. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. And that's the issue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. If you love human praise more than the praise of God, you're in the wrong situation here. Today, in this world today, we also recognize too that the world influence is very strong and it causes people, because of that influence, you feel as though you have to acquiesce your positions, say things or do things to get along. Well, that's not what Jesus doesn't do that. Has, has God ever acquiesced on his word? Has God has ever backed down from his positions? Has God ever made any statement saying, well, you know, I, I believe this at one point, but now I believe this other thing. I mean, the only thing he's ever really done is added to what he's done, if anything, right? We have a new covenant now instead of the way things were done under the old Mosaic law. But that doesn't take away the old Mosaic law. It doesn't take away what he had commanded in the Old Testament. He's merely affirming what he's teaching. He doesn't acquiesce. He doesn't back down. He doesn't say, be tolerant. It's not about tolerant of what? Tolerant of sin? That's exactly what we need to understand here. If you love human praise more than the praise of God, you've got problems. Your faith is fragile at best and a disaster at worst. So we always want to make, make sure that we keep in mind that God does not compromise on His Word. God does not change His Word. God does not uh, deviate from His Word. And if you take a stand for Jesus, He will support you. He will stand for you as well. And that's what we need to see and understand here. Back to verse 45. Verse 44, pardon me. 
Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. All the talk or conversation prior to Jesus' arrival was talk about God and the reference to a Messiah coming. So that's why Jesus, I believe, made this statement. If you see me, you're seeing the one who sent me. You are seeing a reflection of God himself. And that's why our focus in this new covenant is on Jesus Christ. We focus on Jesus. Jesus is our intermediary for us in heaven. Jesus is the one who speaks up for us. Jesus is the one when Satan makes accusations, like Satan did all the time, by the way, about different people in Scripture um, before God. Uh, it's Jesus is the one who intervenes for us. And that's what we need to recognize, too. If Satan makes an accusation about us in heaven, Jesus intervenes for us. If we have the hearts that are willing to repent and turn from our sin, it's sufficient in God's eyes. Because Jesus is the one who has already taken care of our sins, past, present, and future. But we have to have a heart for that. And so we need to recognize that it is indeed important to see that Jesus is a reflection of the Father. How, you know, do you often wonder what God is like? Um, how can we know the Creator when He doesn't make Himself visible? You know, we, God never made Himself visible in the Old Testament. He only showed images of things that represented who He was, right? The fire on top of the mountain, the burning bush, um, and other different ways that He did that as well, too, to show His reflect His presence. And then Moses couldn't even look at Him face to face. Had to see Him passing by and His glory passing by Him. But we have... Jesus saying plainly that those who see him see God. And he says that because he is God. Jesus is God. And so it's important for us to see that as well too. If you want to know what God is like, study the, word per, study the person, study the words of Jesus. Study the words that he's giving us right here. He's giving us truth. Jesus always spoke truth. And that's important for us to recognize too. Jesus always said, told the truth. He told the truth about what was going on. He told the truth about what, who he was, what he represents, and he told that truth to share with those people who had the opportunity to believe in who he was. Verse 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But look at verse 48. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I think it's important for us to go back to uh, John chapter 3 and look at what he says I think we covered this last week, but I want to make sure that we understand how important this really is. Go back to John chapter 3. 
we, we're going to point out the importance here of recognizing and this is also following this conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. But I want you to go down to verse 16. And we're going to read down a little bit further. This is important for us to see and recognize. And I, I think that as we look at John 3.16, we, we give this passage and we, it speaks truth. Verse 16, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Now, the key word here is condemn. God didn't send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. But now look at verse 18, everyone. Once again, it's a reminder that it's very important for, to, when we say that God knows the heart of every person, He knows who is going to be um, believing in Him or trusting in Him, and He knows those who are not. Verse 18, anyone who believes in Him is not condemned. Not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment in verse 19. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. And then verse 20, For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Light and darkness, believing, not believing, not condemned or already condemned. Those are all very important things to see in this passage relating to what Jesus is saying back in 46. All those who believe in Him, trust in Him, are not in darkness. We live in a fleshly world, a fleshly world of darkness. You have to distinguish yourself in this world by speaking up and standing for Jesus Christ, being lights of the world. How are people going to know to be converted to Jesus Christ if they don't see evidence of believers speaking truth? How are they going to know? They won't know it in this world that we have live in right now that speaks about everything but God. But it speaks all about doing what you want to do. Living the way you want to live. And this, this whole thing... Um, about living any way you want to. You have to understand something. We've, we learned a lot of this stuff back in the day. This didn't just start yesterday. This started back in the 60s. A lot of the heavy-duty stuff that we're talking about. I mean, there's always been sin in the world, but the real movement to move people in different... Um, get people going. A lot of that stuff started in the 60s where you could say, they said, what, do work... Go where you want to go, do what you want to do, and all that, right? It's a freedom that was being expressed. And that was really an extension, I know, of civil rights and going beyond that. But, but listen, 
we can live in a country like this, and yes, there's going to be people who are oppressed at one time or another. You know, there's still slavery all over the world. Amen. But at the end of the day, it's about who you follow. Who you represent. We love to say that we have freedom. But do we have a freedom to do whatever we want to do? No. We don't have a freedom to do whatever we want to do. We have a freedom to live and we're free in Christ because he says so in his word. But we typically wind up doing what? Saying, well, you know, if I, if I, if I become a believer in Jesus, I can't do all the stuff I want to do. Well, that's, that's just foolishness. That's why we have so many people who are messed up. Those folks that wanted to do what they wanted to do and go where they wanted to go, guess what? They're messed up. There are consequences for those people who live pridefully and do what they choose to do without regard to being obedient to the God's Word or following Jesus. I'm going to read verse 48 again. But all who reject me, this is Jesus, and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. Remember what we just said in John chapter 3? They're already condemned if they don't believe in Jesus. Why have we been saying over and over again, anybody that we know who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal relationship, as we just read about in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they're already condemned. They're already dead. It's up to Jesus through the power of the Spirit because He keeps speaking to them and speaking to them, but guess what? We become more resistant, more resistant. That's why back in verse 40, we said the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand. They cannot turn to me and have me heal them because God knows the heart of that person that person has been determined to be unwilling to make a decision for Jesus Christ. So therefore, it's going to be tougher and tougher for that person to recognize Jesus. It's not impossible. With God, all things are possible. But He's giving people... How hard is it for a blind man? How hard is it for you to walk around in the dark and you can't see anything if you have the lights off? After a busted toe there and a bruised shin here... It's quite painful, isn't it? Well, these people are being blinded, spiritually blinded. They can't see. It's tougher for them. It's harder for them. And I think that's what we need to see here too. They're already condemned because they're choosing not to believe. We were all born in sin. We were already condemned because of the fact we were born in sin. You have to decide what you want to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what the message is here. When Jesus comes again, one of the main purposes He's going to have is to judge people for how they lived on earth. He's going to make a judgment. And... On the day of judgment, those who accepted Jesus and lived His way will be raised to eternal life. Let's take a look at a passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians 4. 
Let's take a look at verses... Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's look at verse 13. We'll start there. And I like the passage here in, in this Bible. It says, the comfort of Christ's coming. He is coming one day, everybody. Amen? Amen? He is coming one day. That is our expectation that He's returning. He's returning to fix this mess that we're in right now. Verse 13, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Verse 15, For we say this to you by a word from the Lord, we who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And if you continue in 1 Thessalonians 5, which can be your homework too, it actually refers to the day of the Lord. But we need to understand that how we live our life, there is going to be an accountable accounting for it. There's an accounting for what's taking place. And because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe in who He is, we will be with Him. We will have fellowship with Him. We don't have to worry about being condemned. We won't be condemned. We'll have an accounting of how we live, though. But pray for everybody. Pray for those people you know who do not know Jesus. I just can't emphasize that enough. More no... It's, it's really the most important thing that we can do as believers, frankly. In addition to, let's, there's 1A and 1B. 1A, preaching the gospel, speaking the gospel. One, and 1B, praying for everybody who doesn't know Jesus. They're equally important in my mind. And I think that that's what we have to emphasize. We don't, I don't want to diminish one or the other. We are supposed to go into the world and speak truth. We're supposed to take a stand for truth. We're supposed to speak the gospel and talk about the gospel. And be ready when someone comes up to you and has a question about it. Amen? Be ready to talk to people. Be ready to encourage them. Those who rejected Jesus and lived any way they please will face eternal punishment. It's worth looking at. Go to Revelation 20. Revelation chapter 20. And interestingly enough, in this particular passage we're reading in John, by the way, this is the end of Jesus' ministry. He is closing out his public ministry here. He's making these statements to close out his public ministry. But he's making some very important truths about the day of judgment. In Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. And it's important to make a distinction about the great white throne judgment from the judgment that, well, it's not really a judgment. It's going to be an accounting that we have. Because we're not going to be judged in Christ if we believe in Jesus Christ. 
He's already taken care of our sin. He's already, we've already got that taken care of. But there is going to be a judgment for those who reject Jesus. Bless you. Verse 11, Revelation 20, Then I saw a great white throne and one seated on it. Earth and heaven fled from His presence and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, the great and small, the small standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by what was written in the books. Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each one was judged according to their works. Everybody for all time. Verse 14, Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the fire. Now, what does that mean? All of us are going to be judged based upon what we've done. And because you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're automatically in the book of life. That's the book that he writes. He keeps record. But if you're not found in the book, you're going to meet your demise right there. And we need to understand that this is all after this return of Jesus and when He comes back to earth and He's going to reign in on, on earth for a thousand years. That's all after all of this. Because we know there's a final conflict after the thousand years. And so, because Satan's going to be able to rebel one more time after he is released from the, from the uh, pit. But there's a final judgment waiting. And understand, judge, to be judged is to be deemed either worthy, guilty, or not guilty. You go before a judge in a courtroom and the ultimate verdicts are you're either guilty or not guilty. And so a lot of that is going to be taking place, obviously, during that time when we go before the great white throne. And that's going to be something that I just, even if you even have a vivid imagination, us creatives, boy, just imagining something like that and what was going to take place in that time, that's an amazing thing. And all I want to be is on the Lord's side, amen? That's, that's really... <laughs> That's where this is all about. You want to be on the Lord's... You want to be in the book of life. You want to be in the book of life. And so you know what you need to do. For those of you who don't know what to do, you kind of know. We've talked about it here. You know what you need to do. You need to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. He's the one who is your intercessor. He's the one who takes care of your sin. Believe in Him and you'll be saved. Look at verse 49 and verse 50. Back in John chapter 12, verses 49 and verse 50. I don't speak on my own authority. This is Jesus again speaking. The Father who has sent me, who sent me, has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And then verse 50. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Jesus is basically God's mouthpiece. But we also have to come back and say that Jesus is God himself. He's part of the Godhead. He is going to say the same message 
being obedient to the Father and convey truth to us. But he's also making it very clear, and he's making it clear for this audience here who does not know Jesus as a, other, other than Messiah, but they're trying to you know, make the connection. Many people did believe, some people didn't believe. He's making a statement right here saying, I don't speak on my own authority. I'm the Father who sent me has commanded me to say what to say and how to say it. Because that audience relates to God. The old Mosaic, the God in the Mosaic Law. That's who they relate to. Jesus is making it quite clear. He is being represented. He's representing God with the words he states. He's repeating what's being said. He is acknowledging what's being said. And he's saying that his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. He's saying, he's reiterating, he's relating to us his word for us. His word is truth and so we can read his word and we know that what he says is truth. But you have to choose to believe. You've got to choose to believe if this truth is relevant to you or if you would rather live in your own way. But a warning, when you do that, you live your own way, you're making it a real hard road to go for yourself. And you're not going to be in the book of life. You know, a lot of people do things sometimes. They don't really think about the repercussions of what they do or the consequences. You ever notice that? A lot of people just do stuff. They don't really think about it. They might even do stuff they know is wrong. But they don't look at the consequence of it. That's human nature. When people are speeding on the freeways and driving 80, 90, 100 miles an hour, they don't think about the possibility that they could lose control of their cars and run, run into a bridge abutment and their life is over at that point. But that's happened. People do stuff. And frankly, when we go out, you know, we, I don't want to say you want to always have your head on a swivel, but you've got to watch what's going on, right? Try to keep yourself safe. Because, as it says in Proverbs, you know, fools can be worse. Uh, the fools, can be, fools can be worse than uh, a bear and cubs, you know, being separated from their cubs, right? A mother bear being separated from the cubs, but fools can actually be worse than that. Now, you can't I can't imagine that, but I don't want to be anywhere near a fool for that, for that reason, because you can't talk to a fool. And honestly, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's foolish. With all the information we have, with the Spirit speaking, with the truth that's out there, it's just foolish. But we have a lot of foolish people out there who believe that what they're doing is right. Remember what it says at the end of the book of Judges. The world that we live in today. Let's go to... i got to find it. Judges. Let's go to the last verse in Judges. Judges chapter... Remember, this is after Moses and Joshua taking over and then all the judges come up because people were not being obedient to the Lord. 
Verse, Judges 21, verse 25. And no, notice how people don't like to follow authority. They don't like to follow authority. They would much rather live any way they want to live. And we're going to close out here after this. Judges 21, verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. Everyone did... This is a Christian Standard Bible version. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. Now, your version will say something to the effect that you did whatever was right, they did whatever was right in their own eyes. That's the world we live in today. It doesn't matter about authority. Who cares about authority, right? We need to understand that Jesus is our authority. He's saying he's not coming to speak on his own authority. But God elevated him to be the one that we focus on as our authority. And we're to live in such a manner where we're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And the commands that Jesus is referring to are essentially his commands. God's word. Read the Bible every day. Stay in the word every day. Know exactly what Jesus is saying to you and speaking to you about personally. It's your relationship with Him. It's not my relationship for you. It's your relationship with Jesus Christ that matters. Amen. Let's close out in prayer. Father, thank You for this time. We thank You, Lord, also for helping us to be complete here and stay on the broadcast. Thank You for keeping things online. We pray, Lord, now that You bless us as a church, bless us as a people, Bless everyone present within the sound of my voice because they believe and trust in you, because they believe in you and want to follow you, because they believe in you and want to be obedient to your word. Lord, we thank you for how you hold our very eternity into your hands. We thank you, Lord, for that. And we thank you for helping us to be Christ-like in our actions and mindful of the future. For Lord, we want to be with you in glory one day. We thank you for those promises. We thank you for taking care of my Uncle Winford in that manner as well too. Bless us and keep us at this time, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you everybody for hanging in there with us for another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Stay tuned online for Pastor Gus's message. Uh, Fathers are created by God is online right now in the timeline and we appreciate you being here. Take care of yourselves. God bless you and we'll see you next time.